Hey guys, Ryan DeMent from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today on the podcast, we have David Bush. He is a results coach, and I'm going to read just a little bit about what he's actually doing. Author, speaker, extraordinary results coach. Through his coaching and motivational speaking, David inspires entrepreneurial leaders to design and live extraordinary lives. Lives, excuse me. More coffee, guys. Here we go. His passion for developing exceptional leaders and high-performance teams translates into a high-energy and powerful message that empowers individuals to live their dreams and change the world. Sir, welcome to the show. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. That was a great intro, so I, I think this is going to be fun because we got a lot of topics we can uh, really breach, but also uh, go deep on. Yeah, I man, I tell you, that just seemed like it was from the heart. I don't know if I could have written a better intro myself. That sounded good, man. I'm sad to hear what to say. There we go. So before we get into what you're doing, how about a little about who you are? Yeah, my name is Dave. I have been married for 25 years to my wife, Kristen. I have three kids, Cassidy, 25 or 24, Morgan's 22. She just got married to Caleb last uh, August, and she is having a baby in August oh, of this year. So I'm going to be the granddad, the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a son, Bo, who's uh, 17, and uh, he's a freshman at University of South Dakota. My daughter, middle daughter Morgan, is a senior at Iowa State University. And yeah, I've been doing this uh, coaching thing for almost 20 years, a little over. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. And it's, I always say that I'm grew up wanting to be a people farmer. I wanted to help people grow. And I live in Iowa, which is, people know it as heaven. If you ever saw the the movie, Field of Dreams, it's, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Grew up in Southern California, came to Iowa to play a thing called arena football, which is this jersey that's on my wall, pursued my dream out here. And they've never told me I was free to leave, Ryan. So I'm, I'm sticking around in, in Iowa, embracing some cold weathers. Here's a fun fact about Iowa. Last Wednesday, it was minus 43 degrees is the lowest wind chill factor. Very cold. Today, 55. Over 100 degrees swing in one, period, in one week of period of time. And that's Iowa. Wow. So when you guys had the Iowa caucuses, they were saying it was like minus 20 or minus 30, something to that extent? Yeah, it was, a, it was actually the first time I ever participated in an Iowa caucus, which is uh, interesting. It takes you back to the roots of how America was created and just the, I'm sure it's a lot different than back in the day, but it was just very home hometown, just giving people an opportunity to talk and saw a couple of the uh, candidates there. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a wild year, I'm sure, for an election. We'll see where it all lands at the uh, end of the year, but yeah, it was fun to be a participant in that and see how that all plays into the overall election process. That's cool. Before we get into it, is it the Iowa Barnstormers? Is that what they were? That's right. Yeah. The Barnstormers were a, a group of people that basically flew airplanes and did crop dusting and did basically spraying the crops. And so it's an airplane. So on the front of the jersey, there's wings. And then on our helmets, we had goggles. So the famous yeah. Iowa Barnstormer is a guy by the name of Kurt Warner, who played oh, in yeah. the NFL and went to the Hall of Fame. And I was the guy hiking the ball to him. So had it not been for me, Ryan, that kid would have been nothing. And I'd <laughs> like to remind him of that. It's, he's a great guy. It's been, it was a great, it was a great experience. And, and the Jersey is not just a, a 
a celebration of football. It's I pursued my dream. That was one of the big things that I went and did and happy to chat more about it during our podcast, but it was uh, very meaningful and it, it gave me a lot of opportunities to prove to myself how extraordinary dreams could become a reality and how you could go from being ordinary to being extraordinary with just going above and beyond what's usual, regular, and customary, which shows up on that uh, screen above you. For those of you that are listening at home, Brian's got a picture that says success and it shows the iceberg and what's below the waterline are all the things that everybody doesn't see. And then what's above the line is what everybody does see. So people see the jersey and they go, oh, you played that. And I go, yeah, if you knew the journey, if you knew what was underneath the water in that iceberg, it was something extraordinary that I'm very proud of. And it reminds me to keep chasing big dreams. Was the journey in arena football part of that process that's pretty much taking you to where you're at today with your coaching business? Yeah, it was playing professional football was like my first childhood dream. And right? it was a thing that I, I was really good at. And I, I wouldn't say really good. I was better than most people, right? So a small percentage of people play professional football and get paid to do it. The really elite athletes go into the NFL. I didn't do that. Kurt did, but I didn't. And, but it was something where I got paid to play a sport and it was really popular. It was like the biggest show in town in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, which is the capital, which is a small town in consideration of all the other big markets, but it was an absolute blast. Like it was the time of your life to, to be surrounded by 12,000 screaming fans and just absolutely excited. We, we went to the world championship twice. And so it was just an amazing experience. And so that, those life lessons being willing uh, to go above and beyond what's usual, regular and customary, which is the definition of extraordinary was that was my first opportunity to take something that I was gifted or talented or skilled at. And I, I took it and I mastered it. I mastered the craft, right? As uh, Malcolm Gladwell says in tipping point, the 10,000 hour experiment, that was me. I put 10,000 hours into the process of becoming the very best offensive center and long snapper that I could be. And I reached the pinnacle of my performance capacity. And that's, I have no regrets. Like when I watch the Super Bowl and I watch the big games or NFL, I don't have any regrets because I played at the highest capacity, maybe even beyond my capacity. And I proved something to myself. So I have no regrets. And I chased a dream and I gave up complacency and comfort for something that was very meaningful to me. And I made it become a reality when other people didn't say or didn't support, or maybe had downplayed the idea, thought it was a fantasy. I went out there and did it. And so that was the starting point. And then I just took that same concept and that same process. And I started doing other things like becoming a business owner and becoming a motivational speaker and becoming a coach. And I just been sharing that message for the last 20 years. And other people have taken those same principles with some encouragement, some coaching, some perspective, some accountability from me and have achieved some extraordinary things I'm very proud about. There's a lot to dive into there. So I'm going to peel a little bit of the layer of the onion back and, and ask the, the first question, the 10,000 hours. Can we talk a little bit around that and, and what that encompasses? Because I think, and then we were talking about this before we started recording, is social media has got us to the point of put a video up and you think you're going to be famous. 10,000 hours is a total opposite input that you have to do to get yourself to that, out of that comfort zone and get yourself to that pinnacle. Can we peel that back and, and talk about that? And then how that translates into your, your coaching 
but I like where you said you help people be accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think we're missing a lot of that in life too. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen Covey, the great author and speaker uh, once said, accountability breeds responsibility. And mm-hmm. I do think that a lot of people are missing accountability and responsibility and they're waiting for somebody else to take the initiative or they're waiting for somebody else to come along and motivate them. Or as soon as that video gets viral, then I'm going to, they don't see there's another great quote. I don't know who the author is, but it's the person who loves the journey goes farther than the person that loves the destination. So if you're just looking for your video or your podcast to go viral, you're probably going to be disappointed and you'll quit. And as a successful podcaster who has been working this with a couple of different podcasts, if you're not willing to put in a hundred episodes, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. It it takes a hundred episodes, a hundred failures, a hundred lessons, a hundred experiences, just to be able to have a chance, right? That's your ticket of entry. And And I don't even, sorry, but I don't even know if the hundred, I'm I'm thinking about my other podcast that's older. I honestly think I had to go closer to 125 to 130 before I started getting traction. If you Mm -hmm. go back and look at my first four or five, they're a disaster, but I put it out there. Yeah. The most successful person on the the internet, on the YouTube, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Yeah. How many videos has he done? And he says that you should be committed to doing a hundred videos before you ever expect any of your videos to be seen by a large number of people. Don't count the number of views, count the number of experiences or practices. There's this uh, great uh, diagram that shows two circles intersecting. And where they intersect is um, where you actually have the things that matter and the things that you can control, right? So you can't control whether your podcast or your video goes viral. What you can control is how much practice, how many videos, how you continue to improve, which again, extraordinary is defined two different ways in the dictionary. The first way is to go above and beyond what's usual, regular, and customary. That's the first one what most people don't look at extraordinary as that. They look as extraordinary in the second definition, which is exceptional to a very marked extent. So they want to have exceptional success on YouTube. They want to have ex- exceptional success with their podcast or with their book or whatever, but they don't have the understanding that it's through consistency and a commitment to being consistent of going above and beyond what's usual, regular, and customary. So you can't do what you did yesterday. You got to keep getting better because some people have been doing podcasts for six years but they've never gotten better. They've just done a podcast. And so you can't confuse action for progress, right? You got to be able to know what are the specific things that I need to do, I need to be, and I need to have before I'm going to actually see the outcome that I desire. And my role as a coach is really just to help people to see the perspective. Mark Twain once said, it's not what we know that gets us into trouble. It's all the things that we know that just aren't And many people need to be reminded or they need to be awakened to this idea that a lot of the things that they believe 100% are are not, and they need to shift their perspective to ever have a chance of winning. Because if they continue to believe in false beliefs, they're going to continue to struggle. Can we go a little bit back and step back and just, and talk about, you know, the effort and what that looks like? Because I think you, yeah. you've touched on several points, 
the effort really needs to translate into, am I growing in, in, in whatever you're doing, whether it's podcasting, business, coaching, playing, playing in the arena, football league, pro football, whatever. But I guess the action, the consistency, but also the other word I use a lot is persistent. Mm -hmm. All plays into that. How as a coach, and, and maybe you can talk about your journey through life or in, in what you've been doing, how do we glean that and take some nuggets that we can use to make sure that we're taking the right actions to get us to those 10,000 hours and then to be, I want to say, a better person? Because the things mm -hmm. that we're trying to accomplish, we're going to learn along the way. There's a diagram that's out there, and I, and I don't know who, it, it's been all over the place. It's just a basic one. It's this up and down roller coaster ride, and it says, God basically intends, this is what you think it is up and to the mm -hmm. left. And then God does this up and down with you climbing and going through a moat and everything like that. I don't think we ever take that into consideration and think that we have to go through these trials and tribulations to get to that peak that we want to get to achieve. Yeah. I think that a, a lot of people, they need to have, they need to have a new framing of their story. Like what is your story? about your past, what's your story about your current circumstances and what's your story about your future. If your story about your future is this year, I'm going to be an internet sensation. That story may not come true. And then if it doesn't come true next year, your story about your past is I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. People don't want to listen to my content. People don't want to watch mm -hmm. my videos. People don't want to and so what happens is that because we have 80% of our thoughts are negative, right? They have these things called yes. ants, automatic negative thoughts. And if you don't raid those automatic negative thoughts, you don't recognize them, acknowledge them in writing and to really sh answer the question, is this true? Is it true? The story that I'm talking about or the story that I'm thinking and telling myself, is it true about my past? Is it true about my circumstances? Is it, is it true about my future? Because many people are not telling the truth, true story. They're mm -hmm. actually making up a false narrative. And the, the cool part about the world is that we're the author. We're the narrator. We get to create the story. So if you just start off with telling yourself a better story about your past, stop wishing you had a better past. Stop wishing you had better current circumstances or more views or more listens or watches on your podcast and start thinking about what it is that you want to be, what you want to do, and what you want to have, and get highly motivated with your future story, with your positive affirmations, with the things that you're telling yourself, and you'll have a chance to go through the roller coaster ride of success. And you know what I have found, Ryan, is that every single person that shows up and commits to becoming who they want to become, their future lows are always higher than their past highs. Let me just say that again. Their future lows are always higher than their past highs. They continue to go above and beyond what's usual, regular, and customary, and that raises their altitude. It raises their you know, capacity to climb higher mountains and to go to higher peaks. And they go from peak to peak, and they keep climbing to higher peaks even though they may go through some really tremendous valleys, right? So you may have a lot of success and then all of a sudden everything goes crash because of COVID or because of whatever. And you may think this is the worst possible thing. I've been in business for 20 years and now I'm having the worst possible year ever. What is this making room for? 
maybe this is your opportunity to pivot. Maybe it's your opportunity to change. And there was a story that Zig Ziglar tells a long time ago in the South, they depended on the peanuts, right? And yeah. then the boll weevil came in and ate all of the peanuts. No, I'm sorry, cotton, not peanuts. It started with cotton and then it ended up changing where it changed the agriculture, where they started raising peanuts and all these other different types of agriculture. So they have a, a statue erected to a bull weevil. And that was the worst thing that could ever happen to them. And it shifted their entire economy to make it more stable, more fruitful. So again, your future highs will be, future lows will be higher than your past highest highs. And so if you keep that mentality, you keep that perspective, motivation is everything. Simon Sinek said it best when he says, always start with why. And if you have a good reason of why to live an extraordinary life or to achieve extraordinary results, and it's bigger than your why nots and your excuses and your negative stories, you'll see some amazing things that come out of that. How do we manage those lows though, those troughs when we're trying to get to that, that new high? Mm -hmm. I think that it's part of it is the words that you say, the words that you write, the words that you listen to, the words that you watch, the words that you talk to other people about. So there's five major motivations, right? So the first one is, uh, the easiest one is, are you listening to Ryan's podcast? If you're listening to something that's positive and uplifting, that's one form of motivation that will keep you in a more positive sense. You may hear something today that flips a switch for you. And all it may be is just one thing that I said or Ryan said that flips the switch and keeps you moving forward one more day to go above and beyond what you use a regular and customary. The next thing is watch. So you got listen, watch. What can you read? What can you journal or write down? Because your own words are your future stories. If you look at simple thing of a book, right? A book has pages on it. And if you have a but I'm holding a book right now for those of you listening at home. I have a book with no page, nothing written on the pages. That's not going to be very motivating. But if you write down words that inspire you, that lift you up, that remind you of who you're capable of becoming and what other people have done and what's possible, you're going to be a whole lot more motivated. And then if you're talking to other people that are doing what you're wanting to do, building that network of other people, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. So who are you spending time with? And those people, if you ever looked at the, or watched people that climb Mount Everest, what do they do? They tie each other or they tie themselves to each other. So if they slip and they fall, somebody else holds on to them. And there's this thing out there that says, never cut the rope. Yeah. Never cut the rope. Because if you're tied to somebody else and you're hanging over a cliff, they, they say, don't ever cut the rope because there's something about being tied to other people that will raise your capacity to keep climbing. And people do what people do. So if I'm hanging out with Ryan and I see him chasing extraordinary dreams and overcoming his negative situation or his negative past, I'm more likely to see myself doing it because people do what people do. We're, we're creators, creators of habit and we watch other people and then we do what they do. So if you hang out with a bunch of people that don't do anything, you probably won't do anything. So do you just said it? So I think we're on the same pages. It seems like there's a lot, I don't want to say a lot. It seems like we have become more of a sheep mentality to where we're following people, whoever's got the loudest voice, and we don't really think about what they're saying. We just say, oh, they're the loudest voice. I'm attracted to them instead of mm -hmm. actually putting some thought process into it. Do you think that also plays out in when we're trying to change our lives in, in how we're going about it? Mm -hmm. An example is this. It's a positive one. 
Tony Robbins. He's been around forever and a day. Many people don't know he owns hundreds of businesses behind that. Everyone thinks he's just a motivational speaker, but he does so much more. Listening to his words, following his energy and being able to find your own path in that, that's a great inspiration. But there's a lot of people out there that are opposite where they are not positive. Let's call it negative. And they attract a lot more people because it's a lot, like you said, 80% of our thoughts are negative. How do we discern and, and work through that whole process, especially if we're, maybe we're in a bad place and we need to make change? Yeah. I love uh, Tony Robbins' story because he says quite often, he didn't land on top of the mountain. He didn't no. land as becoming one of the top motivational speakers, if not the most recognized motivational speaker with hundreds of companies. There was one point in one point in, one point in time where he had to walk in front of the room. That's yep. how he became a motivational speaker is that one day he walked in front of the room and failed his way forward and he followed great mentorship. Jim Rohn was one of, the, one of his mentors and he became a student of motivation and a student of all the things from a mental capacity that he now teaches, NLP and all the other different methods that he teaches. He became a master student. He got his doctorate in motivational speaking and motivational concepts and coaching and business through spending the time to do it. So you don't have to look at, they say comparison is the thief of all joy and there's no win in comparison. You don't have to compare yourself and say, well, I'm not Tony Robbins. I can tell you this, if you use negative language with the words, I am, I'm pretty negative. I am not Ryan DeBette. I am not Dave Bush. I am not an author. I'm not a speaker. I'm just a negative person. I'm a person that came from bad childhood. I'm daughter of an alcoholic. You can say the words I am, but as soon as you start putting that identity with those negative things, those words are powerful, right? Your most dominant thoughts control what you do. If you are using words like I am not motivated, I am negative, I am struggling, just Flip the script, start writing some words that are powerful that says, I am learning to become a better leader. I'm learning to become more motivated or more self-motivated, right? Motivation is like bathing. If you don't do it daily, life begins to stink. That's an old Zig Ziglar quote. I'm saying, are you bathing in motivation daily? What are you watching? What are you listening? What are you reading? Who are you, what are you writing in your journal? Who are you talking to? And if you're not putting those five things into good play, there's a good chance that you will never change. And I think that a lot of people have the capacity to become extraordinary in everything that they do, but oftentimes they try to be extraordinary. They don't train to be extraordinary. They give it a valiant effort, but they don't commit to training. So I'm assuming that you, Ryan, have trained yourself to get better at podcasting with every episode, with every opportunity you learned, you studied, you watched other people, you trained to get to the success that you have today. You didn't say, well, I'm going to try to do a podcast because if you did, you probably would have quit, you know, 50 episodes ago or whatever the time period is. Yeah. It's tough. I, I like how you say trained or, or train because when you think about it and everything we go through in life, there's always some type of obstacle we have to overcome. And, and that obstacle can either define you or you can define the obstacle and it goes back and forth. And we tend to let the obstacle knock us down and then we quit from a coaching perspective. And I want to dig a little bit more into this and then we're going to have to wrap this one up. But from a coaching perspective for you, 
when you have somebody that's struggling with that mindset and, and they want to get to that other side and become extraordinary, where do you, where can we start? What are things that we can do that gets us those baby steps like atomic habits that we were talking about before? What can we do to get us there and then be able to start propelling ourselves moving forward? Yeah, I have a process that I lay out in, in the book that I wrote in the planner, but we can get to that later. But really it's about first clarifying what it is that you really want. This is not a game of hocus pocus. It's a game of focus always precedes success. And I didn't say sometimes, I said always precedes success. So if you're not focused on what it is that you really want to be, do, and have, and a lot of people say, I don't really know. I don't really know how you're going to ever accomplish it. If you don't ever really know what you want, make sure that you get clear on what it is that you want. And you stop looking at your past. You stop looking at your current circumstances and look up at the ceiling and say, what is it that I really want to be doing now? What do I feel called to do? What do I feel called to be? What have I dreamt about doing? What brings my face to a smile so wide that I could eat a banana sideways? What are the things that you could actually get excited about and start jotting them down? Just clarify. And then as you clarify it, it gets you, it gets it out of your mind and it gets it down on paper. And then I'd say, go in and prioritize it. What are the most important things that you just wrote down? Like compete them against each other and come up with the most important thing right now in your world that you'd like to be, do, or have and clarify what those one or two things are. Because then you get focus. And typically, if you focus on one thing, there's this thing out there called habit stacking that mm -hmm. you can actually create success in your physical habits or in your mental habits or in your vocational habits or your financial habits or your relationship habits. And if you have success in one thing, everything affects everything. So you can start to gain some momentum and some motivation because now you've taken willpower and you've combined it with skill power. And now you've gotten a little thrill power. You've experienced the excitement that comes from success. And now you can see that process and you can stay powered up and stay in motion or stay in flow. Clarifying and, prior, and prioritizing is the most important starting point. And then it's about planning. What are the specific skills, habits, or actions that I need to take to accomplish that? And just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, smart goal setting, smart action planning. And this is all broken down in the resources that I create. And then it's about implementation. If your calendar does not match your goal, you won't achieve it. So you have to take real, a real look at your calendar and say, I got 168 hours in a week. How am I going to invest that time to create what I want to create? And it's not about time. If people say, well, I don't have the time to go pursue my dream. It's not a matter of time. Stop using that excuse, right? A lot of people got rid of the, a lot of successful people got rid of that excuse, but a lot of people went and found it in the garbage can somewhere and they're using it now, but you got to get rid of that excuse and you got to find a way to make time and prioritize it because it's not a time issue. It's a value and a priority issue. So implement it into your schedule and then stay committed to being consistent. Fail your way forward and, and do it for a, a period of time that you can stay committed. So if it's a week, then start with a week. If it's a month, start with a month. If it's a 90-day period of time, 90 days. Let's say it's 66 days to, to develop a habit. If you do it for 66 days consistently and you just keep failing your way forward, you will see some measurable progress in that period of time. And that'll oftentimes excite you to want to keep going. But it's oftentimes people just quit because they don't have clarity. They don't have priorities. They're all, they're going a hundred different directions all at once. And they don't have a plan. They haven't implemented it into their calendar and they're not consistent enough to break through. So they don't have measurable results. Those are my quick six tips. I love those. 
there's also something in there too, is they're not seeing the results quick enough, instant gratification. And I, I'm, I'm first one to raise my hand. I've had the same problem. I've struggled with that, knowing that it sure takes a lot more time to get something done that you truly want than just here it is and boom. Um, I would say another question to that is, is that how are you measuring progress? Because there's, on, there's, a, there's a couple of different ways that you can measure progress. And most people are only measuring progress one way. But if they were to look at a lot of other ways, they could see progress. And it doesn't maybe have the same connection to their outcome, but it's progress. And progress is progress, Ryan. We don't want to ever take away. People say all the time, I only lost one pound. Well, do you know what one pound looks like? It's a progress. Yeah, it's yeah. like a coffee cup. It's a pretty yeah. good chunk of fat coming off your body. I only did 50 podcasts and I haven't had very many views. 50 podcasts, you're halfway to 100. Keep yeah. going, keep doing it. And what happens is you go above and beyond what's usually regular and customary. All of a sudden, you're going to start seeing some exceptional results. And somebody's going to say, hey, I heard your podcast. And man, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And I have a huge audience. And I'd love to direct them to your podcast because Ryan, you're doing some extraordinary things and I'd love to get your word out. I've looked and you go, wait a second. I thought I was doing nothing for a hundred part podcasts. And then all of a sudden, because I stayed consistent with it. So again, if, if progress is only measured based upon your outcome and your circumstances today, I would have been a failure in the progress of trying to play arena football. I would have been a failure all the way up until the day and time in July of 1995 when the team said, we'd like to sign you. All that other time, I would have been a failure. So my progress would have been all for naught. So look at it's it. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. All those things you say, and I'm tying that back in to something is we met on Podmatch and I think I've been almost since day one, pretty close, but I know when I first started, I was only getting maybe one or two, three messages of people wanting to come on the podcast. Now on a daily basis, I have to have a VA manage that for me mostly because I'm getting anywhere between 25 and 30 requests to come on the show. Not meaning that my show's better than anybody else. It's just people are starting to get traction with it. But it's also on this show, we just crossed over 126 episodes. So I'm just a little over that threshold of 100. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm a little further along with this one because I learned from the first one. I was persistent and consistent with putting the message out there. But now the, the message is there and it's okay. The next level, I have it on the other side of my camera. It's on my whiteboard. I point to it is I want to figure out how I can find somebody I can work with to produce my podcast. Cause I think I can take it to another level, not think I know I can take it to another level um, and see where that takes me. I'd like to be able to build a studio in my house and, and even potentially have people come to my house and be a guest in interactive. Again, I have, it's a goal and I have to figure out how to make that happen. But it's putting those goals out there. Stretch goals for me is what I call them. And yeah. I know that's common, but that's, that's where I want to go with the podcast. And it takes a lot of painstaking <laughs> effort to get there. Right. And there's times where I'll book a guest and last minute they cancel. I've got before I didn't learn this. I could have six or eight people on a backup list and be able to just pick one up and go. It's beautiful to have that. I didn't learn that before. So there's times where I was just doing the, the episodes by myself. I still do episodes by myself, but it's not because I have a guest that didn't show up. Yeah. I saw, I saw Tony Robbins say this video recently about 
Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors about how he shoots 500 shots a day. Yeah. And he has done that every single day for years. Mm -hmm. And when he goes back and looks at the number of shots, he's the you know highest three-point shooter of all time, got the highest points in, in the league or something of that nature. He's got all these records, but he says only a very small percentage of his shots actually went in yeah. during a game. But yeah. the most of the shots were the ones that were done when nobody else was watching. What you do when, other, when nobody else is watching is the progress that you're making. What you're doing right now with this podcast is the results of all the things that you did for those previous hundred and so podcasts. And when people listen to this one, they go, man, Ryan's, man, he is doing awesome. And the guests he's having, man, they're extraordinary. He's getting extraordinary guests on there. And, and I can't wait to listen to his next one because they know that Ryan's committed to continuing to up his game. And I think that the reality of you having that podcast and having all the in-house studio and all that kind of stuff is a complete reality the day that you decide to do it. Right? Yeah. When, you, when you decide and you say, this is what I'm going to do it, I can only imagine if all the other successes in your life have come true the way that they, all it takes is you deciding to do it, clarifying the date and making it a priority, making a plan to make it happen, implementing the plan, and then breaking through the barriers and obstacles and distractions, right? James Clear says in the book, Atomic Habits, commit to nothing and everything's a distraction, right? Yes. So committed to it, there's no doubt in my mind that you would accomplish it. And think about all the people that would benefit, Ryan. Oh yeah, by far. And I'm with you. I don't have a date on my board for it. The date I do have is I want to find a producer that I work well with. So mm -hmm. I have been actively interviewing, haven't found somebody yet, but it's going to continue. How many interviews do you think it would take to find a producer that you really could jam with? So far, I've already done 15. So it's going to be more than 15. Yeah. So what, what um, if you go for 50 and you said, I'm going to do 50 interviews and I'm going to pick the top three from those 50 and I'm going to run with one of them until I find a better one. Because that may be the reality is that you may not attract the right producer until you actually have a producer. And then once you have one, then people may be attracted to the job and you may have to, you know, level up. And that's oftentimes what business owners do, right? Is they have to level up and transition. Just certain teams have really good players and then they can upgrade their players once they've had some success. So maybe that's the reality. Control the controllables and make it happen. That's the plan. We actually on our real estate side, on our development, we just leveled up where we went from building four or five houses at a time to now we've got 14 that we're going to take on. So what do I need to do? I need to level up on the team. So that's one of the first things we've done is the real estate side, upping the realtor game, found some, I don't want to say the realtors I have in place now are not top notch. I just went to another level. We went from selling 20 houses a year to now there's, I've got people selling 40 and 50 houses. So they're, and they're passionate about our project. That took some, that, that was 30, I went through 31, 32 interviews to get mm -hmm. to where I was at on that. Bam. Yeah. Success leaves clues, right? <laughs> I mean, you take those clues and you apply them to your new mystery. And then all of a sudden you start solving mysteries just because there there's clues that are in your past. Yeah, for sure. Love the conversation. But before we go, I got to first ask, I didn't, and I didn't ask earlier and I apologize. Ideal client that you like to work with and are you accepting clients? Yeah, I'm always looking for people that want to achieve extraordinary dreams and goals. And ideal client would be somebody that's uh, really excited about accomplishing something that's extraordinary. 
that has a desire to work with a coach that's coachable and teachable, doesn't necessarily have the professional know-it-all designation. Eco's got to get checked at the door if you ever really want to grow, because oftentimes it takes an outsider's perspective to really help you to see things that are in your blind spot. Traditionally, I work with entrepreneur-minded people that have either a, a commissionable job, they're independent, people that have businesses of all kinds that have a desire to grow, but there can also be somebody that wants to start a business that has a dream of building a business and would really like to have a coach to help them to clarify a bona fide life plan so that they get their life organized. Because a lot of times people will go after big dreams and goals and they'll sacrifice their health and their life and relationships to make the dream a reality. And they'll lose all the things that are the most important thing just to make the dream come true. And I don't believe you have to do that. So that's your traditional person. And yeah, I'm more than happy to share on uh, the website and all the different resources if you have an opportunity. Yes. Where would they contact you if they want to work with you? Yeah, best place to go is to the website and it's theextraordinarylife.com. And we have uh, an extraordinary, uh, live an extraordinary life book that I wrote that kind of lays out the game plan of designing and living an extraordinary life in all aspects, physical, mental, financial, vocational. And I have a planner each at the end of each chapter, I give them specific questions to ask to walk them through the process. And the website has free resources, videos, events, and other things that they can take advantage of. We also have a, an extraordinary life planner that they can purchase and get a copy of it, or they can actually download it for free. And it basically walks them through the process and it gives them an extraordinary day planner for 90 days so that they can start planning out their extraordinary days and really you know, defining what it looks like to become extraordinary. That's great. I will also link it in the show notes so everyone knows how to get a hold of you. Sir, thank you very much for coming on. Love what you're doing. Love your perspective. It's fresh and it's needed in what we're going through. And I was a big fan of arena football. Sorry. But I was a Rattlers fan because I was living in Arizona at the time and I'm back in Arizona and I went to many Rattler games in, in my day. Yeah, that's too, it's too soon. It's been 25 years or, or so. We lost to the Arizona Rattlers in 1997 in the world championship game. So yeah, maybe we will have our differences, but I want to be invited back to the studio when we get that studio built so we can get face to face and uh, talk about arena football and all the other cool oh, stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. You can come down into Arizona. We're a little, we're a little bit warmer today. Wonderful. I wish you the very best. Thank you, sir.